The Antidote meets with the rock band Adelaide. Thanks for coming for a talk. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Could each of you introduce yourselves and tell us your role in the band? My name is Laura, and I am the lead singer. I am Eric Callahan, and I play the drums. I'm Jake, and I play guitar. Well, no, I'm really confused because I thought I was going to be interviewing Adelaide, but instead, I have Laura. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I kind of dropped the uh, stage name for things like this. It kind of gets confusing, you know. Well, that's why you have to tell me something. And honestly, is it true that you actually took your stage name from Adelaide, the Christian death metal band? Oh, no. (laughs) I started that rumor. There's an Adelaide Christian death metal band? There is. There's also an Adelaide, Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we're not going to move to that sunny, warm spot right now, unfortunately. Too bad. (laughs) Well, let's talk about where you guys are from you got to help me out with this. The band comes from Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And -hmm. it's the name that I don't understand. I mean, I would have thought that Cape would mean the city is on the ocean. Hey, we're on the Mississippi River. Yeah. There's a breeze. (laughs) (laughs) There's a beach, but it's all concrete. (laughs) (laughs) So we usually just say, you know, formally from stage, when we introduce ourselves, we say, we're from Southeast Missouri. (laughs) You know, for us Canadians, it doesn't really help us too, too much. You know, one of the states in Central America. (laughs) Laura, I want to single you out for a minute. When did you first realize you wanted to be a singer? Um, I was pretty young. I loved singing. Professionally, though, um, I was probably about 12 when I decided that's something that I really wanted to achieve, whether it was full time or if it was writing music and uh, sharing it with others and not necessarily performing it myself. I didn't know what that looked like. Even from the first album, I didn't know what that looked like, you know, but we've just kind of put it in God's hands and this is kind of what it's evolved into. And it's definitely a direction that I didn't see coming, but um, I'm loving it. And I love the direction of the new album and, and uh, working with the band and, you know, collaborating on these songs has been really fun. We've already brought up ages. Now tell me, what kind of span was there then between 12 years old and when the first album came out? Is that a very <laughs> polite way of trying to find out her age? Exactly. <laughs> that, wow, I'm very impressed. You radio guys, man. Uh, I had just turned 30, so what is that? 18 years. That is a non-typical age for starting up a new music project. I would say, yeah, because a lot of people try to, you know, hammer this out before they start a family. And um, my husband and I had four kids before I decided that this was <laughs> going to come to fruition because it, it just seems kind of like a dream that had gotten lost in the shuffle of life. And it was definitely put on the back burner for a while, but I never stopped writing and I never stopped worshiping because, you know, by my heart, it's always been about worship. So, you know, in that time I was worshiping and I was writing, but it didn't really, you know, look like much of a dream come true, so to speak, until I had met band and kind of their vision colliding with mine saying, we need to get this music out there. And it became a really good team. Okay, well, that's enough about you. Now, I need to talk (laughs) to the guys and I need you guys to give me the truth. Is Laura difficult to get along with? <laughs> Jake, you want to answer that? <laughs> yeah. So 
my, my perspective on this, it's pretty amazing because um, Eric, myself, and Garrett, our bass player, we've been playing together for roughly 10 years and have been best friends for a very long time. We definitely have our ways of talking and communicating and our inside jokes. And Laura likes to act like she gets annoyed by it. But what's amazing is when she starts making one of our jokes or something and starts becoming kind of one of the guys for a second. And then she goes, oh, my gosh, what did I just say? (laughs) In other words, you're the bad influence, not she. (laughs) Yes, that is true. Yes, that's the truth. (laughs) You already brought this up about the Christian aspect to the music. It's solely aimed towards Christians? I mean, you don't want to do anything mainstream. Um, Of course, it's geared for everybody and anybody who can relate to it. Its it's purpose is to encourage and bring hope to people. Obviously, our world's on the shuffle right now. There's a lot of... of controversy yeah on every side of everything politics religion all of it it just seems like everyone's fighting and there's so much noise and that peace that god brings you know ultimately we want our music to point to christ and the gospel we're not opposed to it playing in mainstream but the heart of the message isn't going to change that's the goal and that's why we put so much sacrifice into what we do it's not a showman sport for us we love to perform we love you know, traveling and touring and stuff like that, but it's the people. That's where our heart is. You know, God's word tells us love God, love people, and those are our top two priorities in what we're doing. This brings in another thought then. Should a distinction be made in the music market between the Christian music scene and the mainstream? Uh, That is a very interesting question, and I I think it's also a very controversial one. I, I think it's something that uh, especially I know amongst, amongst Christians, like it's kind of a divided answer that you'll get from that. You have half people saying that, yes, there should be that distinction. And then you have the other half that says, well, music is music. Um, for us, the greatest importance is that the message of what we are speaking about in the songs never changes, regardless of what uh, our music sounds like at the deepest core You know, our aim is to point people to the gospel. And sometimes our songs aren't necessarily, you know, giving that full gospel story in them. But what it does do is speak about real life moments and how you can find peace in Christ and uh, ultimately shine a light in darkness. And so, yeah, in terms of marketing, we just greatly desire to bring the truth to the nations and to the world. That's our mission. Now, I get that. I guess a possible negative is that it will obviously limit the number of topics you're going to be able to bring up with your band. No, it it actually doesn't limit the amount of topics um, because we can still talk about anything we want to in our songs. And Laura is, you know, the primary lyric writer. I don't believe like that limits what we can say. I mean, right. it, we have it, our convictions. It, it limits our appeal, obviously, right, because yeah. the world doesn't want to hear what anybody has to say about God. And a lot of our message and our music does speak to the church about standing up 
in a dark world and shining a light. And that's one thing that a lot of Christians are backing down to. They're saying, oh, I don't want to cause controversy or I don't want to make waves. Well, you know, Jesus made waves. I mean, you know, he... he I thought he faced- actually calmed the sea. <laughs> he did calm the sea. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. That's, that's a good one, though. Come on, drummer. But um, but um, <laughs> yeah. But um, obviously, we're called to love our neighbor, and that is a priority. That's why love comes first. You know, the gospel is love, and the Bible tells us that in the end of times, love will sound like hate, and hate will be called love. And that's kind of what we're looking at now in the world. Is you know, you speak love, and people feel condemned, and they're like, "That's not love." But you know, when you cater to sin or controversy and stuff like that and you and you kind of back down it's to me it's a weak stance so right now the following that we have we absolutely love our fans we love the church we love you know the people we've met that don't go to church or don't necessarily call themselves christians but i believe that the music is a great bridge of connection between you know what we're trying to relay from our hearts and the gospel to share with people and you know what if they don't even embrace it we can at least embrace them and say we love you god loves you um and model what we're speaking it's it's one thing to say it talk the talk and not walk the walk but it's our it's our motivation to do both and the name adelaide means of noble character and to carry that name says you know we are the bride of Christ, and we're going into a world that's lost, and we're going to try to bring as many people into the kingdom as we can while we can. I first heard the music of Adelaide with the song Unforsaken, and I was blown away by that, because it wasn't what I was expecting. Now, I don't want you to take offense at this, but you don't have the typical female Christian artist voice. It's not soft and fluffy. Is it helpful being different from the norm? I think so. Actually, when I was younger and I started singing, be a little bit of ashamed of my voice. And that's why I looked into possibly selling my music because I thought, oh, I have my manly voice. I have a low voice for a girl and all this. Hey, that's kind of moving into popularity, isn't it? With like Adele and Lauren Daigle and all these other artists that are just, they have that low tone and, you know. I've obviously embraced it, but I think that the direction of the music really helps to, uh, what do you say, accentuate that. Yeah, I think her voice complements the music, especially in Unforsaken. I I think, especially among a lot of the Christian music industry right now, um, I mean, there are a few exceptions, but a, a lot of female artists they kind of get lumped into the same category and a lot of their music kind of sounds the same so it's been fun to bring a little bit of the rock elements along with the pop elements with laura and mix those things together i think that's created something that hasn't been done in a while and it's been fun so who do you think is doing the forcing into a certain style is it the artists themselves or is it the music machine I think it's an industry thing, and I'm not going to say that's a bad thing either because there's lots of people that enjoy that music. So, you know, there's nothing to criticize or say wrong about that. Go ahead that. and criticize. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I, well, I, I think for people that listen to the radio more, a lot of the bigger stations are going to play very similar songs, and a lot of it's not going to be quite as different. It's very much going to be the very cookie cutter lyrics, cookie cutter sound, cookie cutter tones, nothing too harsh. 
I do wish that mainstream would bring in some more diverse, you know, sounds and, you know, like you could hear Francesca Battistelli, for instance, and then Skillet play right after her and then Chris Tomlin right after that. You know, I like stations like that where you can hear all the different sounds and, you know, it kind of caters to different styles. Um, And so I do hope that our music is appealing to the secular sound so that they don't feel like necessarily they're in church when they're hearing us sing or or play music because we are passionate and and we love music. But the message is why we share it on the platform that we do. I'm always curious about an artist's songwriting method. What comes first for Adelaide? Oh, you talking lyrics versus music? Bingo. Chicken or the egg. Okay. For me, originally, I don't know if you've heard the first album, The Bigger Picture. Mm-hmm. But most of those songs, uh, I laid down a uh, piano before I would write, or I'd have an idea for a theme for a song, and I would be inspired by the music first. So then I meet Jake a few <laughs> years back, and he's really great at laying down tracks and coming up with really awesome guitar riffs and, you know, the feel of strings and all that good stuff. So... I'd say for this record, it's definitely been music first. There have been some cool instances on this one, though, where Laura would actually be writing some lyrics um, and maybe have a melody in mind. And I would actually send over a music track, but this would be like before we'd kind of collaborated our ideas. So there's one song on the new CD called Masquerade that I had been working on some music and she'd been working on some lyrics and had a melody and all kinds of stuff. And we hadn't talked about this one. I sent over the MP3 and then she sent me a message and was like, you're not going to believe this, but I was writing a song yesterday and the music that you sent matches it perfectly. And so that's kind of how Masquerade came about. So it's really cool. It is cool. Well, let's go back to that first album, The Bigger Picture. That includes a song called No Regrets. And it speaks about dropping our dreams and relying solely on God to make the decisions. You can't be telling us that Adelaide doesn't have dreams and aspirations. Well, obviously, our heart is, you know, I'm just going to speak for me on this one. Obviously, I want as many people as possible to hear the music. But my why is more important because Mm -hmm. it's the message and the music is the whole goal for me because... I feel like God has given me these lyrics and these experiences to share my heart with people, and I don't want it to go to waste. Does that make sense? I gotcha. Well, it's been four years since The Bigger Picture came out, and you've already mentioned about this, but now it's time for your new album, Strong and Brave. What was the process like to create the album? So, when we began touring for the bigger picture album i started writing music and i would send it over to laura and i believe the first three that i ever sent over that way are actually making the record um they're on the new album but that's kind of how the process started and then we were playing at a military base and before the show for one of the songs uh, that is on the record, it's called Restore Me. She wrote that song on piano. Um, so it, it's really been a multitude of different ways this all came about, but uh, that's kind of when our collaboration on writing really began. 
There's even a song that Eric Garrett and myself wrote several years ago, back in 2012. 2012. That we actually started playing early on, and that one made this record. So, it, it, like I said, it's it's been a vast array of different ways this has come about. Here it is. The album is titled Strong and Brave. Restore Me it says, Mend what I can't. I'm helpless. I'm weak, but you are stronger. Are you trying to play off both sides of that? The strength and the weakness. I say mend what I can't basically says, you know, we can exhaust all of our efforts to define our strength or show our strength. But, you know, that's the beauty of our weakness is that God's strength shines through that and then gets the glory. Many Christians struggle with that. They want to be the powerful, the almighty, the warrior Christian and not reveal the side of them where they're doubting or questioning or just struggling to maintain that kind of persona. I'd say it's not just Christians. I'd say that appeals to the world as well. I think, too, within the Christian community, a lot of that attitude and mentality, unfortunately, is because of a lack of biblical teaching a lot of times. uh, Why people think they should always be victorious in everything they do, you know, that's a prosperity gospel that's very far from the truth of the actual gospel. So, I I think that feeds into it, too. What do you think about that, Eric? (laughs) No, I totally agree. I think there's different other gospels out there that people like to hold on to, and when something happens to their life and they try to feel victorious but can't feel victorious, they feel deflated. We forget that when the Bible says that in our weakness, He is strong. And when we rely on God, His strength keeps us together and pulls us through. Even when we think that, you know, well, this person did me wrong. I want justice. Justice never comes. We still confide in God and lean on Him and say, well, in your strength, God, I will get through. In any instance, His glory still abounds more than ours. Well, I'm certainly glad that the band isn't hanging on to the prosperity gospel, because for touring musicians, prosperity is never going to (laughs) happen. This is true. Very true. I mean, you look at Joseph, for instance, you see the heartache and all of the terrible things that happened to lead up to what God's ultimate plan was in his life. And that's what Restore Me is about. It's about, look, you know, sometimes we fall back into the uh, I'll do it myself mentality or, you know, kind of separate us from God. And a lot of us are control freaks in that sense with our own lives. You know, we want to control the outcomes and, you know, stress, anxiety, all of those things. We're all riddled with it because we're trying to take on what God never intended us to do. And so, Restore Me is basically saying, you know, I'm weak, but you are stronger because... I have exhausted all of my efforts to do it myself. I know that's a that's a good question. I, I but we love that song. Obviously, we have two versions of it on the new album. We actually have the original, which is called the revised version, um, which was written on piano. I know it sounds a little backwards, but we kind of wanted to end the album with that. You know, we want to take it from the rockin' version because uh, Jake sped it up a little bit, made it pretty cool. Um, But I think we want to just kind of end with slowing the album down so people could really reflect on those words, because I do think it relates to all of us. I've loved going through the songs on Strong and Brave, and you bring in a fairly bold statement to the song, Worst Enemy. All you do is litigate 
turn around and run away from every fight thinking you're right. Welcome to reality where the truth will set you free. You'll hear people describing truth as being relative. So how do you respond? Well, truth is definitely not relative. Truth is truth. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, relativism and relativity uh, is something that people very much want to cling to and believe in that illusion because they don't often like what the actual truth is and they hate the truth. You know that song where Cinemy, when we first laid down the lyrics for that, our producer Cody Walker had to kind of soften them up a little bit because they were a little more harsh. I think they sound a little more kind of in your face and it's still kind of in your face, but the chorus is what kind of brings that back into the whole main point is that we hold ourselves back by trying to put God in a box and come up with all these ideas and new traditions and new way of thinking and you know, in so many words, you know, we become our own worst enemy when we could be the hero of our story, you know, if we just, I guess, let go of having to be right all the time and having to get our point across, not just like we said, why can't we just love people and respect each other's opinions and respect each other's point of views, but not compromise the truth. I wonder at times, Laura, if you couldn't be your own worst enemy. I mean, here you are, you're creating music, you're active with your church, you're a mom, you're even homeschooling your kids. So, I mean, like, how do you find enough (laughs) hours in a day? You know, it's funny, we talked about Restore Me, right? So, the first verse of that song talks about how time gets away from us. And (laughs) that was inspired by me (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Yeah, but it does. There's some days where I have lazy days and I get to just, you know, throw in the towel and say, I am just relaxing today. And there are days where you just don't have that option. Do you have ever have those days where you come to the end? You're like, man, if I just had two more hours in this day, I would have gotten everything done. And it just kind of keeps rolling over. That is so annoying to me. (laughs) (laughs) I do become my own worst enemy. I do. I confess. Well, we've been speaking a lot about the album Strong and Brave, but we haven't even touched on the title track. The opening line of the song says, The threat is imminent. The winds are changing. So we rise up. Everybody rise up. And I mean, sorry, sounds like a political protest song. <laughs> kind of does. Yeah. I guess it could be taken that way. I don't know. I don't know how you can be sharing the truth without getting political because it's been made so political. You know, religion has become a politic. And that's sad. I mean... I feel like all guns are facing Christians. It's kind of like anything that is said, it's, oh, well, we're going to fire you for that because, you know, it's considered hate. And that could be a broad spectrum of anything. It could be what church you go to or what religion you are or, you know, anything. I mean, it's a very tense subject. So the threat is imminent. The winds are changing, says here it is. We've been talking about the day of compromise and what it's going to look like when this is staring us down. And here it is, you know, we have to take a stand. What are you going to do? It's a challenge. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to back down? Is it, this is the, the God separating the wheat from the chaff. Is that now, you know, I'm sure that, you know, even in our own churches, this is happening. Yeah. Will will we rise up? Before we go, instead of finding out about Australia's capital online, Where do listeners find Adelaide? (laughs) 
Um, so you can link up with us at AdelaideMusic.com, and that will link you to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. And our call is at, at Hey Adelaide on Instagram and Facebook. So we're pretty easy to find if you have that. At Hey Adelaide. There are a few, like you said, there's a death metal band and some other Adelaides. Yeah, that's not us. Um, obviously, we're pushing our new record on there, so it's going to be pretty easy to find us, I'd say. But AdelaideMusic.com. Um, we also have our store on there, contact information for shows, all that fun stuff. So cool. My thanks go to the members of Adelaide for this talk with The Antidote. And uh, best of luck with Strong and Brave. Thank you so much. Danke schön. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs>